This is a news update on University of Portsmouth Research, brought to you by Life Solved. I'm Sophie Wagstaff, and today I'm talking to Dr Anne Coates about an ambitious project which aims to reshape the future of the UK's marine heritage. So this 14.5 million project has been launched. Anne, could you please tell me what role the University of Portsmouth is playing? Well, on the 14th of November, six University of Portsmouth academics will begin a three-year marine heritage project called UNPATH, led by Historic England, which seeks new ways of searching archives, visualising underwater landscapes and identifying shipwrecks. It also aims to make maritime archive records accessible for the first time across all four UK nations and open them to the world. So the university programme is called People and the Sea, and we will be exploring how we can enhance the significance of submerged and displayed wrecks. Making such collections accessible to many more people is what the Portsmouth Project is about. So Anne, how will the project help people access marine history? Well, the Portsmouth team will be working with some very experienced maritime archaeology practitioners such as Citizen, Maritime Archaeology Trust, Mary Rose Trust, Nautical Archaeology Society and Wessex Archaeology. There are some digital wreck collections already. For instance, Historic England has virtual dive tours of protected wreck sites. The Maritime Archaeology Trust has created the Forgotten Wrecks of the First World War which is an interactive map where you can click on a dot and you can find out about the ship, it's how it was built, how it was sunk, what they've recovered from the wrecks. What our project will be doing, working with our partners, collaborators, will be to bring more wrecks to wider audiences, but also to engage new audiences in co-creating narratives about the wrecks and how people today can relate to the wrecks. I mean, for instance, any wreck of a ship that was built in Portsmouth would have involved Portsmouth people building the ship, supplying the ship, riddling the ship, and maybe dying on the ship. So it's part of Portsmouth community's relationship with those ships and those shipwrecks. And shipwrecks are very visually rich sites that people can relate to very easily you know that you see a shoe or a rosary from mary rose and it instantly it's telling you a story about the wearer of the shoe or within the case of the rosary it tells you that there were still catholics practicing their religion you can take an artifact and unpick it to tell a social story you talked about the the really rich history of shipwrecks And is that also largely to do with the fact that shipwrecks, because they're sort of preserved in a single moment in time, they haven't been disturbed in the same way that a sort of a a site on land has been? Exactly, yes. They they are time capsules. So Mary Rose is obviously a time capsule of 1545. But if you look at later wrecks, say from the First World War, they will be a time capsule from that era, even though all wrecks are liable to have later layers on top of them. So, I mean, Mary Rose Wreck, for instance, has all sorts of artefacts that have been dropped in the Solent since then, and that's part of the story as well. You know, ships will have design of 
cupboards and engines and, and weapons, they're all specific. So the important thing about Holland 5 and Holland 1 is that they are important to tell us about submarine development at the beginning of the 20th century. And Holland 1 and Holland 5, they, well, Holland 5 is listed, protected, because it's the only underwater wreck of that era and type in the world. A dive trail has been prepared for Holland 5, which is off the Sussex coast, so that physically divers can go and, and dive around it. But virtually, we'll be able to create a virtual dive site in the project. If I'm a member of the public coming along and I want to explore Holland 5, how will I do that then? Uh, well, you can go to the Nautical Archaeological Society website. You can see immediately a video of the hull and then there are embedded videos of features on the hull. But we will be able to develop that further. Also with Mary Rose, for instance, you can go to their website and there are videos showing the diving process, the hull. We're identifying where the breaks are in the digital process. And the same goes for um, archives, because most archives are obviously still analogue. So any documentation about the ships, about the ports, about the communities, most of them are in paper archives. But again, we will be identifying where the digital trail breaks down and what it will take to connect the, the analogue archives together. And sometimes it's cost, sometimes it's because archives are privately owned. There's all these sorts of barriers against completely open access to the archives. Why do you think the project's so important? Well, because it, this is a really radical programme to bring all these disparate and diverse collections together. I mean, a collection can be a document, it can be an oral history recording, an artefact, it can be a landscape. So all these different sorts of collections, we are going to categorise them and enable the process of linking them all together to take place. And it's the first time anything like this has been designed on such a large scale to unite the collections of the whole of the UK. The University of Portsmouth is leading collaborative research and networking in our heritage. It's an extraordinarily ambitious project. Which part of it are you most excited about? Well, because I'm a historian, I'm most engaged with the tra tracing the analogue documents to become digitally accessible. We want to make that process easier for everybody that can go to get to a computer so to allow them to to do research in a much more easy fashion. So the people of the Solent have, have lived and died and caught their food and, and worked every day. And we will be revealing their lives. The thought of being able to explore a shipwreck or indeed a, one of the Royal Navy's first submarines virtually, because I'm not a huge fan of being underwater, I find it quite scary. It's really interesting that members of the public will potentially be able to explore those things without actually having to, you know, put on a wetsuit or a dry suit and put on dive equipment. And they can actually have that same experience using virtual reality to visit certain wrecks. I think that's really exciting. That's the bit that really struck me. It is, you know, it probably will be the most attractive element of what we're doing because 
by having the virtual experience, anybody in the world can see and engage in this virtual dive trail. So it's taking you into a different space in your head. The UK's marine history is very rich, isn't it? So actually, there's an awful lot out there that kind of, I think, is why this project is so huge. And it's exciting that there's so much that can be brought to so many people. Yes, there's an online map which shows dive wreck sites. And most of the blobs on this interactive map are in the, the English Channel. So where we are, the shipwrecks are so numerous because it's always been a busy shipping channel since people first got into ships. It's so much part of our culture because we're living by the sea. So we are very conscious of seagoing activities, but people inland, although they would have had connections with the coast because they might have been providing food sails, rope, etc. for the ships, they haven't got such a close connection. So it enables them to take part, you know, to sort of share in this experience that because Britain is a small island, nobody's further than 70 miles from the sea. So it isn't that far away. So they can share in the experience. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our work in the School of Civil Engineering and Surveying, please visit our website, www.port.ac.uk.